Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. Welcome to episode thirty-five of What You Say in English. I have to excuse myself because um, we are in the middle of the um, allergy months here in Madrid, and I am heavily allergic to the pollen in the city. And even though I'm under uh, medication, you know, I, I follow my treatment from my doctor. Um, it's a little bit inevitable, you know, I can't, I can't help it. You know, like my nose gets a little congested and, um, you know, I have a little bit of difficulty breathing, but everything normal. Don't worry about it. Nothing too serious. I mean, I just have to go with my meds and, you know, uh, I get the little bit of allergy. Uh, you know, my voice sounds a little bit strange, but, um, I'm here, you know, hanging tough. Um, so today we have, uh, an, an analysis episode and we're going to be listening to the Spanish actor, by the way, in the case of women, you can also say actor. Uh, I know that in English we have the word actor and actress, but, um, If you didn't know, uh, in the in the uh, in that profession, a lot of actors when they when they perform on television or um, the, uh, the cinema, you know, the movies and and sometimes in the theater, um, they prefer the word actor because actor does not have any gender implication in it. I mean, an actor is a person who acts basically and there the, there was no different no difference the the term actor uh, I'm, I, I'm tr I will try not to deviate too much from the from the main topic today the term actor actress um, uh, came because women uh, back in Shakespeare's uh, times uh, back in the 16th century you know women were not allowed to act uh, women who who acted um, were seen as you know, you know, not, not very good. You know, they were seen as, you know, women of the street or that they didn't have any respect for themselves. And in a way, when, when it was accepted that women could act, I, uh, they reclaimed, they, they call themselves actress as a, as a way of, uh, possessing that profession for them, like empowering themselves. But, uh, nowadays, um, You know, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of women in that profession, they prefer to call themselves actors because think think of it. I mean, in, in the case of a teacher, we say teacher and we don't make any difference between a man and a woman. In the case of, for example, um, dancer, we say dancer. We don't say uh, a danceress, for example, for a woman, even though we have certain professions. But, you know, the, today's episode is, is not going to be about that. I'm, I'm just Just explaining why I'm calling this incredible woman an actor. Okay, so now you can do a little bit of research, uh, and you can still call uh, women who act actress. That's absolutely fine. Okay, but just so you know that uh, the the word actor in itself does not have any 
uh, gender connotations. So, who's the person we're going to analyze today? Well, you're gonna find out after we take a listen to our sponsor. How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? Take IELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE. That's W Y S E during checkout. Okay, so the person I decided to analyze today was uh, none other than the wonderful Penelope Cruz, uh, the Spanish actress who became famous as one of the Almodovar um, uh, girls. And, you know, Pedro Almodovar is a Spanish director, very famous. I mean, not only here in Spain, but uh, he's known worldwide. I know that I've read that directors with the caliber of uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, adore him. You know, they think that he's a true genius in filmmaking. Uh, in my case, I've seen many of his films and I do like them, by the way. I think he's, uh, he's very clever. He's a very, he has a very unique uh, point of view and he loves having women uh, you know, in the leading roles of his films. And, you know, women, uh, become a, a major part. And one of his girls uh, has been Penelope Cruz. And Penelope Cruz, uh, you know, she became famous here in Spain and then she went to the United States. Um, from the little research that I've done about her, um, I know that she, uh, when she was young, she was like 18 or 19 years old. She went to live in New York and of course she wanted to learn English. Uh, and, you know, as an actress, as a model, as an actress, she wanted to expand her, you know, horizons and, you know, have the possibility to find a job in Hollywood. And she was lucky, of course. I mean, she's good. She's a great actress. And I I'm, I want to use her, you know, to give this analysis because I, th I think she's an incredible, incredible speaker. And I know that she still has an accent, which I think is adorable. I mean, it's a beautiful accent. She has a very strong Spanish accent, and but she is incredibly fluent. She has a full command of her discourse. Even her pronunciation is very clear. Um, she has full intelligibility when she speaks. I, mean, I think she's a great example for everyone who, uh, you know, want to, especially for Spanish people, because I know that here in Spain, people have this idea that they need to sound like a native speaker or that the the only ideal that they can attain is a native speaker. No, no, no. I mean, look at her. I mean, she's done incredibly well. She has become an, uh, a, a true Hollywood star. And part of that has been because of her incredible ability to um, speak English.
In this first segment that I've chosen, this is from this is taken from the morning show with Regis and, and Kelly, uh, an American television show. And this was quite a long time ago. And I mean, the quality of the video, for example, that the where I got it from, um, I, I you can actually see that it was videotaped. <laughs> it was not, uh, you know, now the digital um, broadcast. Uh, in this in this interview, they asked her a few questions about New York and and what it was like for her to you know live in the city, and she gives some wonderful answers. So uh, first of all, uh, take a listen. I mean, pay attention to all the expressions she uses, the way she controls grammar, and the expressions that she uses, and also the way she pronounces because uh, it's very clear. Even though she uses a, a few things that we call reduced pronunciation you know when uh i'm i'm, I'm gonna let you i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you from now <laughs> she says gonna instead of going to which is a very nice feature of you know american well not all, not only american english but it, you know it's a very nice feature of english so listen you've been in new york all week huh penelope i've been here since last friday uh-huh mm. and can you go around new york i mean do you get a uh, uh, follow chase sometimes but nothing will ever stop me from walking around alone in new york It's one of my favorite things to do in the world i love this city i lived here for two years oh yeah and i i think i'm going to come back in a couple of years and your mom is with you too which makes it even better right my mom and my sister oh so my gosh the girls three. weekend did you do some shopping while you were here a little bit, not much, but we went to nice restaurants and we're gonna go to some shows. And they were very jet lagged, so we were in the room by 8 p.m. <laughs> so I think the first time that really catches your ear is how fluent, how nice she speaks. I mean, her intonation is just flawless and uh, she makes herself understood very, very well. And she, uh, as I told you, I mean, she uses gonna. Uh, she says that she's gonna visit a few places during the weekend. She also, uh, even though in one of the words, for example, uh, she didn't say think... Uh, things one of my favorite things to do uh, she she said sings um and and that's a normal thing i mean of course you get it from the context i mean that's a that's an individual sound and it doesn't um it doesn't impair communication very very much um it doesn't create an, any confusion another aspect that she uses very well and very impressively is verbing in english there is something that happens. I don't know if it happens in other languages. I know that in Spanish doesn't doesn't happen much, um, but there is something that in English we do a lot, which is verbing. Verbing is the uh, capacity that we have to create a verb out of basically any word. And when she talked about her mother and her sister uh, going to bed very early, she used the word jet lag. For those of you uh, who don't know, jet lag is a physiological condition that comes from the alterations of, you know, in the body's rhythm, rhythms to go to sleep, for example. Um, you know, when you go to bed, I mean, uh, the body is accustomed to a certain, um, you know, time. And sometimes when you, when you uh, fly or you cover in a Real, uh, relative short time when you cover long distances, uh, your body uh, create this uh, you know lack of adjustment to the new um, you know 
time zone. Uh, in this case, she was talking about New York. And of course, between Spain and New York, there are many hours of difference, like around five hours. And of course, that creates some sort of, you know, like going to bed at a different time. So, but she's using jet lag as a verb, an impassive voice. She says they were a little bit jet lagged. Okay. Uh, you couldn't hear, for example, the, the way she said the ED at the end, but from the context, you know that she used it. She said they were a little bit jet lagged. Okay. So you can also, um, use it for yourself. I mean, you can say, I have a jet lag as a noun. Uh, you know, I have this oh, big jet lag. Or you can say that I am jet lagged. Okay, jet lag. Of course, I'm exaggerating the pronunciation, but, uh, you know, you get it. I'm, uh, I am jet lagged as a, as a verb, you know, and in the passive voice. Okay, so that's a, a fantastic and very clever use of verbing. You know, it's, a, it's the ability to create a verb out of basically any word. And in English, we do it all the time. You know, when we say, for example, oh, I googled this yesterday. So we use the word Google as a verb to Google something. Uh to house a person. You know, when you when we give accommodation to a person, we say we house a person. Okay? And many, many other examples. So you can be creative with English and you can create a verb out of practically many words. And even today, on television and on the radio, a lot of uh, radio hosts and TV presenters, for example, they use this. And, you know, a lot of native uh, native speakers of English are sometimes, you know, like puzzled, like, whoa, he used the word in this way. I've never heard of this, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it's part of the creative creativeness of English. In this other interview with Vogue Paris, uh, she's asked a lot of questions, but I think it's a great example in this uh, question that I'm, I'm going to post here. Uh, I think it's a great example of how she uses a wide range of structures and phrases and expressions, which which I think it's, are, you know, they, they kind of summarize all the, the great things that she does with English. Okay, so the question that she was asked is, do you take a lucky charm on set? Now, a lucky charm, uh, it, for those of you who don't know, a lucky charm is like an amulet. It's like a, a piece, of, an object, um, because we think that it's going to bring us good luck or everything's going to be fine. You know, for some people... You know, they, 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 they feel the need to believe in something. In this case, for example, sometimes they place their hopes or, you know, the, the, the expectations of a good outcome. Uh, you know, they reinforce the idea with an object. And that's a lucky charm. In many cultures, they have different types of lucky charm. For example, um, they have uh, a three-leaf clover. No, a four-leaf clover for Irish people. I, a lot of people have a rabbit's tail, for example. Um, in my case, I don't, I don't have any lucky charms. I used to when I was a kid. I mean, I, that was part of growing up, which was, you know, part of, uh, you know, your childhood. Uh, so the question is, do you take a lucky charm on set? 
and this is what she answered. No, I don't think it's about a good luck charm. It's more about preparation and concentration and focus. And sometimes that's hard because you have to be in your own bubble. The, the older I get and the more I work, more I like going into in this dance of fiction and reality, on and off, on and off, many times in one day. I don't stay in one state for 12 hours straight because I feel like that will burn things out and I don't take the characters home. Well, in this uh, answer, she spoke quite quickly, and it's not easy probably to understand everything she says, but I will break it down for you. I think one of the, the first things that that she says is that she uh, thinks that, you know, working on the set, it's all about work. It's all about ha hard work. And uh, she says it's hard because you have to be in your own bubble uh you have she said you have to be in your own bubble so that's a very nice use of metaphor you know that when you are in your own bubble uh you don't pay attention to everybody uh you just center yourself and you know you concentrate on what you do and you do your job so you don't pay attention to anybody else you are in your own bubble uh another structure that she used For example, she says, the older I get and the more I work, uh, the more I like going into this dance of fiction and reality. That's a fantastic sentence. Let me let me uh, repeat it. She says, uh, the older I get and the more I work, the more I like going into this dance of fiction and reality. That's fantastic. Of course, she's using the double comparative. Okay, the more I, uh, the older I get, the more I like going into this dance. So, uh, in English, we use the double comparative to establish that when one situation increases, the other situation increases at the same time, and we use it by use uh, we we uh, do it by using a double comparison. Okay, so we say, for example, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know, that's a typical expression in English. Or the more I work, the happier I become. And it has to be the article, the comparative, the phrase, comma, and then another article, the, and then the, the other comparative. Okay, that's a fantastic uh, uh you know, control of grammar. And she also used the expression, I like going into this dance of fiction and reality. That's a beautiful expression, this dance. Uh, of course, it's not a, a, a real dance. It's a metaphorical dance, uh, you know, like going, balancing between fiction and reality. This is, I'm talking about C2 proficiency level here. This is incredible. Um, uh, you're talking almost poetically, you know, in, in terms of that. It's great. Penelope Cruz is a, a, a very good example. And when she talks about going from one situation to the other situation, she says on and off, on and off. So when we say on and off, the expression means that we go from one situation, jump into the other, and then we go back to this, the first situation we started from. Okay, so if you travel constantly to, uh, uh, to a place, imagine that you go... Uh, that because of work, you have to travel to uh, London from 
uh, Paris, for example. And then if you travel like uh, twice a month, for example, you can say, oh, I've, I've been traveling to London uh, on and off. So on and off means that going, coming back, going, coming back. Okay. Uh, but in her case, for example, she talked about, you know, like uh, working on the set on and off many times in one day. Okay. So that's another wonderful expression that she used. She also used an expression uh, that can happen when you work too much. Uh, she says, for example, that uh, she doesn't uh, st remain, she doesn't stay in, in that, you know, on and off situation for a long time because she feels, and she says, I feel like that will burn things out and I don't take the characters home. Uh, but I want you to pay attention, for example, to the phrasal verb, burn out. Burn things out. Uh, that's a great example um, in, the, in the phrase that she used, I feel like that will burn things out. That will making will make them exhausting. Okay, so she doesn't take the characters home. I mean, she prefers to separate her work from her home life, and because she feels that if she do, if she does that, uh, that will burn things out. Okay, so burn out, burn burn things out. It's like you know. Uh, extinguish them, you know, like um, destroy them, okay? Also, if you want to talk about how tired you are, you can say, I feel burnt out. Of course, burnt has to be in the past. So, I feel burnt out. Um, so, the phrasal verb burnout is, you know, like destroy something because of a lot of work, okay? So, that was an incredible, incredible answer. <laughs> The following segment is taken from uh, Conan O'Brien. Uh, it was a, an interview recorded in 2005, and Penelope was talking about her movie Sahara, um, a movie that she made uh, around that time. Um, honestly, I haven't seen it, but apparently they were talking about the stunts. Stunts is all the physical activities that, that actors usually don't do. Like, there's a stunt, uh, S-T-U-N-T, stunt double, which is, uh, you know, who is another person who does the the dangerous takes, the dangerous scenes in, in the film. And she was talking about a moment in which, you know, uh, she has to jump from a camel to a, 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 an ongoing train. And she was uh, saying, for example, in the interview, how difficult it was because she had done a lot of training and, you know, she was, um, you know, very uh, hardworking. I mean, she wanted to do it by herself and how happy she was. And okay, so let's take a listen to what she says about working with camels. And I'm very happy with the result because I had nightmares about the camel at the beginning. You were, you had, real, like, what are the nightmares? What's a camel nightmare like? like I, <laughs> because people had told me what you said, like, they right. were mean and stupid, and it's not like that, but, it, you know, after training for a long time, I really became friends with my camel. And I would talk to him and friends? he would answer. 
And I was like every day thinking, please don't don't throw us off. You know, I didn't want any of us to get hurt. Sure. And and nothing bad happened. And when we shot the scene, at the end of the day, I would ask for extra time for me to go around the desert with my camel to gallop a little more, a little longer. Her control of vocabulary and grammar here was fantastic, I think, uh, and her fluency was uh, great as well. And there was a moment, for example, uh, she used words like gallop, for example, which is something you do with horses, and in this case also camels. Um, she also talked about the hard work that she she did, and uh, most of the time she controlled her grammar perfectly. By the end, by the end of of this uh, segment, she said that uh, you know when they, when she was not filming, she wanted to spend time with um, the camel, and she said, "I wanted to gallop a little longer." She said in the beginning, "A little more," and it's not a problem. It's actually not incorrect, but of course, she stopped and she corrected herself, and she said. Uh, I wanted to gallop a little longer. And that was a great example of how she can, you know, how you can also use a repair strategy to uh, correct yourself. Because in this case, when we talk about time, she's talking about she wanted to, she wanted to spend a little more time with her camel. And when we talk about time, we normally use the word long. Like when you make the question, how long have you been waiting here? Uh, and you know that's long a long time understand so we don't we don't actually say she, I, w i wanted to gallop a little more yeah you can and it's understandable but of course she remembered and she used the correct expression so good for you penelope In this last segment that I have chosen, uh, it's an interview with the Times, New York Times mag, uh, newspaper, and it, it's called New York Times Events. It's a Time Talks, you know, and she, you know, she looks wonderful sitting down and she's asked about her life and she's talking about when she was a child and pay attention to the way because last week in the episode we talked about for example how you can talk about your past and you know your past habits and she uses would which i think it's fantastic you know I, i told you that it was very common for us in english to use would to talk about past habits and but she does make a mistake here and i let's see if you can spot the mistake when when she when she speaks of course it doesn't affect um her communication but it does have like a weird effect on people like hmm I wouldn't say exactly what she said, but uh, let's see if you can, if you can, you know, notice the mistake she makes. And I feel like that saved my life, you know, because I was doing that like, from the time I was four. I was being able to express myself. I was being able to really like sweat and find a way to channel my energy. And also through that, I discovered my passion for, for acting because I was dancing, but I was playing other characters. I was four asking the teacher, I want to play Carmen. <laughs> She was like, maybe you're a little too young for that. You're going to have to wait a few years. Did you notice the mistake? Well, in the beginning, well, she's talking about how she, when when she was a little kid, I mean, she learned dancing. I mean, she did a lot of dancing and how energetic she was as a little girl. And, you know, she used wood, 
when she talked about, you know, her acting skills when at school, she would ask the teacher. So uh, ask is a dynamic verb. So we can use would to talk about a habit in the past. Like she constantly asked her teacher, you know, I want to be Carmen. I want to be Carmen. Um, but that was not the mistake. I mean, of course, that was in impeccable use of grammar, but... She did say, I was being able to, I was being able to. Um, I think that whole segment, for example, uh, she should have uh, used the past perfect. Instead of, since I was four, I was doing, you know, this. Um, and in that case, for example, you can, you can actually say, I had been doing da-da-da-da since I was... So basically, a past perfect continuous would have been more suitable and in, instead of saying I was being able to do this I was being able to do that I would probably use uh, I could well I could not I managed to or I was able that sounds a lot better I was able or I could or I managed to uh, but I was being able normally we don't use be able in the continuous form um It sounds a little odd, to be honest. And she repeated it, you know, um, meaning that she probably didn't know that we normally don't say that in English. Of course, it's understandable, and that's fine. And I, I think that she, uh, I mean, if you listen to the rest of the interview, she did fantastically well. But I chose this particular segment just to illustrate, for example, that she still makes mistakes, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. As long as you don't... Um, you don't make a mistake for example and you make the, the person believe that you know you said something else there's another interview I don't want to include it because it has a bad word <laughs> and, and I don't I want to keep my podcast as clean as possible but you can google it I mean in, in YouTube you can find the interview with uh, Graham Norton the Graham Norton show and she talks about a mishap a mishap is a, an embarrassing situation uh, she has a mishap with one of her hairdressers um, and instead of a blow dry she asked for something else um, which I thought it was hilarious it was really funny um, and of course those misunderstandings can happen if you uh, use the wrong expression the wrong word but of course I mean that happens to the best of us I mean it, it, it does happen to even if it's your first language I mean sometimes you hear an expression once in your life and then you want to use it because you thought that it was very cool and when you say it again you don't say it correctly it happened to me many times um, but yes um, she made a mistake and and in this case for example in the interview that you just heard um, she did make a mistake with grammar but that was not too serious i think it um i think the rest of the interview went really well and of course her fluency is just amazing and and she's penelope cruz i mean um <laughs> what else what else can you do i mean just forgive her for anything she does <laughs> she's she's amazing she's an and, and penelope if you get to listen to my podcast i would love i would love to interview you and ask you about your journey 
the journey you've had in learning English. I think it's it's been an incredible journey for you because I can see, for example, while I was doing the research for this, um, I noticed, for example, that in the beginning uh, she did make mistakes, but I think that she has kept a, a constant and steady progress in, in her in, uh, learning process, you know, in English. So Penelope, you are amazing. And I use you all the time as an example. Okay. So remember, you can use her also as well as a, as an ideal, you know, if you want to become a very fluent and proficient speaker. to the end of today's episode it's been amazing thank you very much for listening to my voice and following my podcast um you know i always have to thank everybody from the facebook group maufen um which you know i'm a little uh, just to let you know guys i'm i'm not away I still follow you and I, but I've been busy. You know, you, sometimes I, I post uh, updates of, of, of my podcast in your website and in your group, but just so you know that I always keep you with me and I always follow everything everybody does. And the people from the chat box, the people from Kanguru English, um, you know, all the groups that, you know, have welcomed me with open arms. I love you all. And of course, you know, my followers, the people who listen to my podcast, especially to Jose and Benguechea, man, we need to have a conversation. And I know it's going to be soon. Okay, so prepare because we're going to have a good conversation. Okay. And, you know, for the rest of you, um, if you want to prepare for an exam, let me know. I can give you a hand. We can have a short conversation. We can even have a mock speaking exam, you know, and I can give you my honest and professional feedback. Remember that I'm a speaking examiner, official speaking examiner, and I would be more than happy to give you my feedback. And for the people who are preparing for the IELTS, uh, remember that I have my discount, you know, the takeielts.net discount of 10%. You just have to type the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, at the time you check out, and you will get a 10% discount. Okay? The, thank you very much, and uh, until next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>